This is the Outreach.fm podcast. Nowadays, sometimes you can look at the world and think, we've gone crazy. Things seem out of control. But remember, God is always in control. Are you looking for something fresh, new, and exciting? This is the Outreach.fm podcast. Taking the positive message of Jesus Christ to the world. Proclaiming he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Broadcasting from the Upper Room Studios to the world. Are you ready? Let's get into it. This is Outreach.fm. And now, here's Pastor William Luffman. Luke 21, I was down at our church, Faith Outreach Church of Central Florida, uh, as I mentioned last week. And before I got there, I said, Alan, is there anything that you want me to consider as a speaker coming in? He said, what have you been preaching on there at the church? I said, on fear. He said, bring it, bring it. He said, you know, I've, I've noticed in our congregation, there have been a couple count congregational members that diagnosed with COVID and I could tell there's been a little bit of fear going on. And he said, I want you to bring it. I said, okay, I'm going to do it. And so uh, I went in there and preached on fear and people got delivered because that's what the word will do. The word is not meant to soothe you. The word is meant to heal and deliver you. I have no interest in just, you know, kind of petting you on the hand. I, I have interest in you getting help. You getting healing. You getting delivered. God, wherever Jesus went, he went about preaching and healing, preaching and healing, preaching and healing. We see it all through the gospels. He wasn't just, you know, and that's why when other religions say, well, now we don't believe he's the son of God. We believe he's a great teacher. No, no, no. He was the son of God in a flesh body because he didn't just, he didn't just teach. He went about preaching and healing, preaching and healing. He did something their gods didn't do. He demonstrated who God was. Amen. Luke 21, I know we've read it. I won't spend a lot of time here, but it's important that we go back there for a minute. The questions were asked about when certain things would happen in the early part of this chapter. They were speaking specifically about the great temple there because Jesus mentioned it was going to come down. They couldn't imagine that in their mind. How in the world? This thing is, is massive. It's made out of stone. How in the world? Jesus said, it's coming down and there's more coming after that. And then he said, take heed that you be not deceived. And we are in a time now where there, we have we have. So much information, but most of it is not correct. And I think I heard Pastor Ginger say this more than once. You can't eat out of every garbage pail or every pail. It is important that you get, that you figure out who your shepherd is. And if I'm your shepherd, then you need to come and let me be your pastor. Pastor in your, and get you in the pasture. Amen. Because if you go and listen to a bunch of other people, I mean, it's gonna, you're going to bring a lot of confusion into your life. There are a lot of people that taught on the last days uh, what we would call eschatology. By the, way, by the way, I think next week, if the Lord gives me the green light, I know a lot of you know it, but I think I just want to preach one whole sermon on the rapture. Because I don't think everybody understands what's going on. And the person God sent into my life to teach me about eschatology was Hilton Sutton. Now, I knew there were other teachers and preachers who uh, did eschatology. I knew that. But the Lord said, I don't want you listening to the rest of them and don't compare what he's saying to them. 
He said, I've sent him to be a voice to you to help you understand the book of Revelation and the end times and you don't need to get confused. So I want you to let, let, him, let his voice be the voice for you. So that's what I did. People have come to me and brought me, oh, have you ever heard this? But not, thank you very, very much, but no, thank you. I, I, I know what I believe. Amen. So here we are. Be not deceived. For many shall come in my name. Ginger mentioned this, saying, I am Christ. Not very many do that, but I think what we could draw out of that is they're saying, I am the answer. Because Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So they're coming saying, I have the solution. Listen to me, come to me. A lot of people flock to people who they think has the answer. Only to find out later on, they're as clueless as the person who's coming. And if the blind lead the blind, guess where everybody's heading? They're heading in the ditch. But he said, do not go therefore after them. He said, if anybody comes, unless, unless it's my spirit, my word, it's based on me, so you can see me, don't go after them. Amen. Don't go after them. Amen. Verse nine, but when you shall hear it, now I'm gonna repeat these quickly. You go, yeah, or yeah, make a gesture. If, you, if, this is, if you've ever heard this, when you shall hear wars, commotions, it says, be not terrified. Now, Jesus was telling them, you're going to hear of them. They're going, they're going to be commotions. There's going to be wars. Be not terrified. For these things must first come to pass, but the end is not by and by. Then he said unto them, nations shall rise against nation. Have you heard that? Kingdom against kingdom. And great earthquakes shall be in diverse places. They're happening all over the world. We used to say they're only on certain fault lines, the tectonic plates, you know, and we know about all the stuff that goes with science and all of that. And there's some science behind it, but they're coming, they're in places now that are totally unexpected that they didn't even know there was a fault line. Right? And famines, you heard about any of that? There's a lot going on. How about pestilences? And fearful sights, notice this. Fearful sights and great signs shall be from them. So there's a lot of things going on right now and they're all going on. And he said, fearful sights, things that would make you afraid, things that would scare you. This is October. It's known as Halloween month. And you know, every day of this month, we get to see Freddie and Jason and all the fun little ghouls and the chainsaw murderers. And we all laugh as they saw off people's head and stab them through the heart. And we laugh and chuckle and spend our money and clap for it. And then we wonder why when something happens in our life that's a little bit uh, fearful, why we have fear. See, you didn't know I'd go there again today, but I did. And you can go watch whatever you want to watch. Well, we just like it and we just think it's funny. I know the devil wants you to think it's funny. He wants you to be amused by the things he does. But that's another sermon. That's not really my point at all today. Go down to verse 25. And it says, there'll be, now I know we've read these verses. I know that. There shall be signs in the sun, the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth, and distresses of nations, with perplexity, sea and waves warm. So we, we're seeing storms like we've never seen. This thing about climate change, you know, they're, they're, they're defining it as climate change. Honey, it's called in times in times 
in, they ought to be, they should be having summits about climate change. They ought to be having summits about, my God, we're in the end times. We're in the end times. I don't need the president to be pushing the climate change. I don't need him to go out and say, we're in the end times. I told the people in the first service, we could all park our cars, never drive them again, and all start riding horses, and I'm telling you, we can't stop what's coming. And all these people that tell you they're environmentalists who are flying in jet planes, I don't hear what you say. That are living in houses made out of wood and stubble and stone and brick and plastic and synthetics, I don't hear what you have to say. I don't hear... The only way I believe you're an environmentalist is you live out under the trees. Now, if you go out and live out under the trees and you don't have a house and you don't travel in planes and you don't, do all, and you don't have on furs and clothes that are made out of, you know, stuff from the earth, then you are an environmentalist. Tell me what you're thinking. But otherwise, shut up. Just like if you're telling me if a person doesn't get vaccinated, now this is not a vax or non-vax sermon. Half of our people in here at least are vaccinated, probably half aren't, and nobody's necessarily wrong. People have to move with the conviction of their heart and their family and their life, and they have to just do that. And we're not condemning anybody. I'm not condemning anybody. How stupid to condemn somebody who's trying to do what they think is right for their family. That would be really, that'd be insensitive, and it would be silly for me to do that. Right? But let's say the people that are saying those who don't get vaccinated, that you're a killer, you don't care about people, you don't care about life, you're selfish, you don't, you don't want to preserve life. If you are for abortion, shut up. Because I don't hear you. Because we could save every one of those lives. And you're only talking about the lives that we might supposedly put in jeopardy. Now, why am I using that? It's to let it, to shake us a little to say that we are supposed to be believers in Jesus Christ and we can't get caught up in the rhetoric. As soon as the pandemic is over, and I want you to know, I've been praying desperately for 18 months that it would evaporate, dissipate, be eliminated. And I still, and we ought to continue to pray again. That thing's from the pit of hell. There's nothing good about it. People have died and gotten sick and we're not, we, we are not minimizing. So we all, as, if believers would quit fighting about it and we just start denouncing it, we might push it out. Can you shout amen? I might get old timey on you this morning, man. Preacher spit wiping his brow, praise God. Amen. So it says then, verse 26, he said, here's the result of what happens when you get into fear. Men's hearts failing them for fear of what? Looking for the things that are coming on the earth. I was at the ball game last night. I was going to save this for another sermon that the Lord gave me while I was in Florida in my hotel room. Um, but I was in the hotel, I, I was at the ball game last night. And I have what's called club seats. It's a kind of a special area. There's an upper level other above me, but I'm not paying that much. But I'm in a pretty nice area there. I mean, I pay a little extra. I get certain seats and there's certain amenities that come with it and all that. And I've been an Austin Peay uh, supporter for really for 50 years. I've been in the governor's club for over 30 something years. And, and uh, I'm an official peanut. 
Praise God. Let's go pee. Just so you know what that means. And I was watching as young men, David and I went to the game, and as young men were coming out, I hadn't seen some of them before. Apparently they'd gotten someone else's tickets because you have to have a special ticket to get in where we are. And up until about a year or so ago, they didn't allow alcohol, but now they allow alcohol. Now here's these young kids. I'm looking at them. They're, it's very obvious. They're 19, 20, 21, probably college age kids, of course. And they got a beer. Now, when they first come out, you can already see their eyes. Their eyes are already splattered where they've been partying before they got there. And they're sitting there and they're swigging one and they go back and swig another and they swig another and the one tries to get by us and just about trips over David and lands in the lap of the person in front of him. And I'm thinking while I'm sitting there, they're totally oblivious that we're in the last days. They're totally, I mean, I guarantee it's a hundred million miles from their mind that at any second all this could come apart at once. Because when God's people leave here, if you think it's bad now, it's not called seven years of fun. It's called seven years of great tribulation that shall come upon the earth. And I thought about how sad it was that they don't even know. They don't even know. And while I was sitting there, and again, the thought came to me that I've presented to you the last few weeks that I was here. What sign are you waiting on? What in the world are you needing? I thought, honestly, I even thought, and I should know better, having pastored all these years and watching how fickle God's people can be. I thought when the pandemic hit and people realized it was real, for a while we didn't think it was. Until it hits close, you don't think it. And then you go, oh, wait a minute, <laughs> on second thought. But, but I thought, surely, it would wake up God's people. Now, I was hoping it would wake the world up. But I thought, surely to goodness, it's going to wake up God's people. It's going to shake them and they're going to be, my Lord, I'm getting to the house of God. And I'm going to, every time pastor says, if pastor just goes, before he gets anything out of his mouth, I'm going to be going, I'm going to be inclining my ear into the sayings of God. And I'll be quite honest, I'm not speaking of you. You're here and most of you are here all the time, so I'm not speaking of you. But I'm still shocked by the overall sense of God's people that they're still kind of cavalier about it. How you doing? Praise God. Jesus is Lord. And they don't, there doesn't seem to be an urgency. There doesn't seem to be a hunger. There doesn't seem to be this alarm that's gone off. It doesn't seem to be, and it's very concerning to me as a man of God because I keep thinking, what's it going to take? What will it take to shake people and say, I better get to church? I remember when 911 hit, and we talked about this a lot in here, but I, I, we came over as it was happening. We left our house. The second plane had just hit. We came to the church. We didn't have telephone service, but we had internet, which was kind of weird. They were split in those days. And I remember we had internet, but no phone service. We were, we'd only been in this building a few months, and they had totally messed up all the underground wiring, and we, we were sitting over here with no phones. And I only think maybe one or two of us might even had what was a little flip cell phone then. Remember the ones that, some of the early ones that were kind of like walkie-talkies. You press a button, how are you doing? You know, then they press a little button. Remember that? And we thought that was a big deal. But I remember people swerving off. The, I came in here and started praying because I knew it was, I, I didn't know everything. Like everybody else, I didn't know what was coming next. But, and all of a sudden, people started coming off the highway that didn't even know they saw the church and came in and said, can I come in and pray? 
And they ran down here and we had some worship music going on and they kneeled and they prayed and they cried. And I remember the mood of the congregation when we came together after that and there was so much somberness and, and like, man, we got to get, get, get our lives right. We got to get straight before God. The house of God was full for two or three months and I thought, wow. Of course, when the danger passed, a lot of them fell back again. And this time we've had a pandemic they didn't just hit two towers in New York City and wipe out 3,000 people. We've had a worldwide pandemic that's wiped out, uh, I don't know what the total is worldwide now. Was it three, four million or something? I don't even know. But it's quite a bit. It's quite a few people. And uh, people still don't come to church, some people. And you know what the Bible says? Now, I, I'm kind of preaching next week's message now, but I need to go with the Spirit. I don't need to go with notes. The Bible says it'll be like it was in the days of Noah. He said, you know what was happening? You know what was happening the day before and even leading up to the day that the rain started? So people were eating, drinking, marrying. In other words, they were living life. Yeah. I'm just living life. Yeah. I'm just living life. That's what I'm doing. What you doing? I'm living life, man. What you doing? I'm living life. Over here, I'm living life. Yeah, but that guy, oh man, he's a nut. That guy's a fool. He's building some kind of weird contraption-like thing. I think he called it a boat or something, an ark. What the heck is that? And why do you need it? You can't move it any. It's built in a way you can't even move it on the ground. How stupid is he? You know, he's been telling us there's something about to have eyes and eddies. I'm living life, man. Pass me another one. We were talking about on the way over. And I know people get uncomfortable because I talk about alcohol all the time. But you must either not be drinking or at least able to hear the message of not drinking. Because you come here. <laughs> We were talking about this morning. I said, honey, we are an anomaly. But we're not just an anomaly in the world. We're an anomaly in the church. We're an anomaly among pastors now. That we just believe you shouldn't drink alcohol. And we don't. Does that exclude us from some events? Absolutely. Do I care? No, not at all. None. Zero. But I got to thinking too again, you know, here we are in a pandemic and you got some, some people still asleep. Yeah. Completely, totally asleep. Yes. And I'm not talking about the world now. We know they are because they're blind. They, ha they at least have an excuse. They are blind. The Bible says they're in darkness. They can't see. But those that have been to the light have access to the light and know that there's light. We have no excuses. The church ought to be full every time the doors open. And not just our church, church is. People ought to be lining up to get it. Oh my, I got to get to the house of God. I've got to get to the house of God. I've got to get to the house of God. It's more important than my job. It's more important than a football game. It's more important than this or a soccer game or some other thing. My God, I've got to get my family. I got to get my family to the house of God. We had somebody say, well, my teenagers don't really go. Tough stuff. We had teenagers in our house. And how often do you think we went to church? Oh, about almost every day because there was always something going on. And we didn't ever let our kids vote. We didn't ever consider their little feelings. My God, they still got stinky feet can't clean the bedroom, and I'm going to let them make a decision about their soul? I don't think so. 
No, honey. You in the house? You eat here? You sleep here? You going to church here? Well, that'll just cause them to rebel. Rebellion is out there anyway. At least I'm going to put a fight in them where if they go into the world, there's going to be some little small voice in there going, you know this is wrong. You know you shouldn't do it. I'm going to put a seed in there because I have guarantee if I put the seed in, God can bring somebody, it may not be when I want it to happen, but God can bring some water later on. Can somebody shout amen? amen? So, we have to have our hearts settled in the days we're living in. We're living in fearful times, but it doesn't mean, and I, I, I don't want you to think that I'm saying to you, you're not going to experience fear. You're not going to feel the sensation of fear. You're not going to be in fearful situations, but that's not really harmful until you start reacting to fear. It's how you react that's going to determine whether fear really has any impact or not. If fear, fear isn't dangerous till it gets inside of you. And then it gets dangerous. Listen to what Shakespeare said. He said, our fears do make us traitors. What does that mean? That means we'll be all about how strong we are about something and then something will come along and frighten us and it'll make us a traitor to it. We'll run. I know that as a pastor. With your pastor, with your pastor, with your pastor, and with your pastor, First shot fired and out the door. Now, I didn't even want to say this, but I might as well. I feel like I'm in the pastor mode in this, not so much in the teacher mode now. I was in the teaching mode in the first session. I only had 23 minutes and I had to pack it in. But in this session, I can be more of a pastor. I am shocked, not just by this congregation, by all congregations in general, so don't, don't think that I'm trying to hit on that particularly. But I am shocked that if a church has a good pastor, what is a good pastor? Someone who feeds the flock. According to the Bible, someone who feeds the flock. You can tell that they work at their craft of hearing from God and trying to convey the message to the people. Someone who loves the sheep. He had, three times, Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? You feed my sheep. So you gotta love them enough to feed them and you gotta love them. And you can tell they have a genuine care for you and someone that's doing their best to be an example. I'm shocked, and by the way, there are a lot of pastors like that. It's not just me. There are a lot of pastors like that. I, I believe I am one of them. I don't think that's arrogance. I think that's, I'll let the record speak for itself. I believe that's true. Uh, but I know a lot of pastors are good. It shocks me how when someone gets upset in a congregation, the congregational members are more apt to trust another congregational member than to trust the pastor who has fed them, led them, loved them, prayed for them, Dedicated the babies, baptized them in water, married and buried their loved ones, provided a place for them to worship, lived a life in front of them. It's shocking how they'll listen to another congregational member before they'll listen to the pastor. That can't be God. Let me tell you what the scripture says in Hebrews. The lesser is always blessed of the greater, not of the same. You can't get a blessing from, from this, not, not a real blessing. The lesser is always blessed of the greater. When I get in trouble, no offense to you, I don't run to you. No, no, no offense to you, I talk to Dr. Barkley because he's the greater. He's greater than me. I'm smart enough to know I got to go to somebody that's above me to help me get out of my situation. But I sure don't get down on the same level and just listen to the chatter. 
Amen? It's shocking, though. If you think about that and really put that in perspective, isn't it shocking? And won't even get the courtesy of hearing the side of the pastor. Just immediately, well, you know, he said, well, what? so what? Or she said, so what? Judas said a lot of things. Judas said at the table, at the communion table, Jesus, Judas traveled with Jesus. Everybody on the outside looking in thought Judas was just one of the guys. Now, don't think I'm thinking, talking specifically. I know if I say things like this, you immediately go to thinking things. I wanna, I'm trying to broaden the, the screen a little to let you see it in a generality of the way the devil works to divide you from the voice of God, from the anointing of God, from your place in the body of Christ. He'll do anything to do it. We had someone tell us, well, so-and-so's my friend. I thought, okay, let's see, which would you rather have? A friend that we all know friends are fickle. You need to quit putting my FBB or FFB, whatever it is you put, you know, forever, whatever, my forever, whatever, because I'm going to tell you that's the shot of that being true is about one in 18 million. Because if you disappoint them, we'll see just how much they're your friend. So you're thinking the position of having the friend in your life is more important than having the pastor and the man of God. You're ranking them that way. If you think about it, that's a foolish thing to do. You cannot even understand anything that's going on or anything that's going on with the pastor. But think, all I know is I'm going with pastor. <laughs> I showed up here. I was broken. I was a mess. I, my family got straightened out. And a lot of good things happened. I'm, I, I'm going here, man. I'm not even going to. As a matter of fact, I'm done. That's it. No more discussion here. We're done. Now let's move on. But we're in the day, we're in this day of great fear and all these things coming on the earth. The number one thing we need now is stability. Now remember what he said. He said a wise man builds his house on a sure foundation, on the rock. And a foolish man builds it on the sand. He said, now here's what's going to happen to both of them. The storm is going to come to both. Now coming here is not going to guarantee that you're not going to go through a storm because we're all going to go through a storm. I'm not ever saying if you come here, you won't ever go through a sickness. You won't ever go through an affliction. You won't ever go through a disappointment. You won't ever go through a death in your family. You won't ever go through some finances. I've never said that'll never happen. But I have said if you come here, we can get you through. We will get you through this. You will make it. You will not go down. You will not be destroyed. That much I know because the Bible tells us. Amen? Because you're on the sure foundation and you're on the rock and, and so when the winds blow, and listen, when the winds blow, there's, there's two things. You're either going to answer the storm with faith or you're going to answer it with fear. We get to determine that. Remember what Jesus said? I read it to you from, the, I think, the Message Bible in Mark chapter 4. If I didn't read it at home sometimes, verses 35 through 40, we've covered that story hundreds of times over the years in this church. But it says in the message, it says, it says, why are you such, Jesus comes out and has to steal the storm. He goes, why are you such cowards? He called them cowards. He said, you had two, you could have chosen faith to react to the storm, but you chose fear. He said, why? They just seen the feeding of the 5,000. They'd already experienced all kinds of miracles. I mean, why in the world did you, why did you let fear be your reaction? Well, the answer is, again, whatever's in you is how you're going to react. Oh, right. Pressure 
Trials and tribulations come to put pressure on you. And when they come, now the Bible says if you stand with God and you stand in faith, you'll come, like, come out like pure gold. But of course the devil, the, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And when you get into the storm, you will find out what you're made of. It, and listen, that's not always a bad thing. After that experience with Jesus, Jesus pointed out, you guys are not where you thought you were. Look, where you, look what you just did. And I remember when I love what he, I always love what Je, Jesus had so much patience. Even though he rebuked him, he still had patience with Peter that I really appreciated. You know, he said, Simon, Simon. He even called him by, not his name that he gave him. He called him by his given name, which was Reed. Simon meant read, something that blows in the wind. He said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you. What does sift mean? How many of you ever sifted flour? How many of you have no clue what I just said when I said sifted flour? It's okay, because you're younger. It's okay. We used to buy flour in these big old bags, and it had a little bit of junk in there. And you had to put it in this little thing. It has a screen with a little thing on it, and you sifted it. And it'd get out all the junk. Because you didn't want me eating a biscuit and go, what in the world was that? You know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I grew up on biscuits, man. I got to tell you right now. But uh, he said, Simon, Simon. Well, let me just read it to you. I think I can find it. It's not in my notes, but I'll bring my Bible out here. I don't want to get in my notes anymore now. I can sense that that's not what I'm supposed to do. I got about five or ten minutes here, and let's just try to see what God will give us. Amen? But he said, Satan has desired to have you to sift you as wheat. I, look here. Now, this is not in my notes at all, but I knew, I knew where it was in the spirit. Luke chapter 22. And verse 31. And they were fighting over who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom and all kinds of crazy stuff. Man, can you imagine what Jesus put up with these guys all the time? Verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon. You know, when somebody calls your name twice, <laughs> Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. Notice this, that he didn't get mad at him and give up on him and quit on him and just say, oh, I've just, I've had enough. I have prayed for you that your faith will fail you not. Now, now what's he talking about? Faith here. I'm praying that you're going to get to a level one day where you're going to have so much faith that all these little dives you've been taking up and down, up and down, you're going to get to a stable place. Your faith is not going to fail you. And when you are converted, when you've fully given yourself over, it says you will strengthen the brethren. Did Peter get to that place? Now he went to a lower place first. He denied the Lord and there's verses about that right after that. And, but, but, that, was not, that still wasn't the end of the story. He went there to Pentecost. And I know people still want to fight. Oh, you go to one of those tongue-talking churches. Yeah, it's kind of like that bar you were in last night where nobody knew what anybody over there was saying, except we're actually talking for God. And we're not sleeping with anybody else's wife, hopefully. You go to those tongue-talking churches. Those tongue-talkings of the devil. Give me chapter and verse, please. Just because you think it doesn't make it so and just because you preach it doesn't make it so. Give me chapter and verse. Tongues do what? Edify. Ed that means build up. Tongues edify. Edify. 
Now, just because you get embarrassed because you don't want to be excluded from your little group because they find out, oh, you go to church and David speaks of dogs. You ought to go, I like what Dr. Barker says. Yeah, you want to hear some? You know what? You know the one thing that was absent from Peter when he came out of that upper room that we saw consistently before then? The thing that was absent was fear. He came out of that upper room, man, and he came out. He's the first guy preached. So get out of the way, boys. I got something to say. And he went out there and preached the gospel, said every one of you killed him and hung him on a tree, but he was the savior of all mankind. He preached a fiery sermon, and the Bible said 3,000 people got saved. They started threatening to beat him and they beat him at times and he preached the gospel and said, don't you ever, they threatened him, don't you ever preach in this name again. Next verse, and they went about teaching and preaching wherever they went. Fearless. Fearless. I got all kinds of scriptures I could have read from Acts chapter, Acts 4.29, you can put it down and read it later, but it's talking about Peter and John and they were fearless. They just got completely fearless. I don't care. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you do. I don't care if you call me a nut. I don't care if you beat me. It's not going to matter. Right now, we're in a time where people are almost threatening people. And we cannot be silent and we cannot cower down and we cannot, well, you know, what if they do this and what if they do that? Well, they can just do whatever they want to do. But I always say it, man, you just got to be determined. I'm not quitting and I'm not backing down and I'm not stopping. What does it mean to live fearlessly? Well, it doesn't mean, again, that we're not going to experience fear, that we're not going to be put in fearful situations. We read the scriptures, there'll be fearful sights, it says, on the earth. We see the signs everywhere we go. There's all kinds of stuff going on. My friend, again, in Canada this morning, my preacher friend that I tell you about all the time, they are still in darkness. I mean, they are absolutely in a horrifying situation there. The preachers are especially being threatened there. And now they're being told, he's being told, you know, if, if the ones there that decide they don't want to be vaccinated for whatever reason, you know, they don't want to be vaccinated, then, you know, they're going to be made to do this, 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 and this. And I'm like, my God in heaven. And, and, and you know, gotta, you got to back up a little. I said this this morning. Again, if you're vaccinated, praise God. If you're not, praise God. And don't, don't, don't back down from anybody because of your decision. You walk with, the Bible says we work out our own salvation. So don't try to tell me how to do what I'm doing, whatever, that's fine. And support everybody, love each other. Don't judge people, that's crazy stuff. Uh, Now, because I talk to a lot of people and I hear what people's thoughts are and they come to me and other pastors tell me. uh, For those who said so far they they don't want to be vaccinated, I said, well, you know, then I could see their point for this reason. If you get a bottle of Tylenol now, it has a warning on it. They can be trying to tell you if you take this cream or this thing for psoriasis, it will clear you up within four to six weeks. However, then they spend two-thirds of the commercial telling you you might get diarrhea, you might get the runs, you might get crippled, you might one of your eyes might pop out. I mean, they tell you all this stuff. And if you got psoriasis, you're feeling pretty good the first 20 seconds of the commercial. The second one, says, my God, I can either have psoriasis or die or have one eye. I don't know what I want to do here. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So the people that are saying they're not ready to be vaccinated is, why is it they're not giving us any warnings? 
Something as serious as this, they're not saying, now, here are some possible side effects. Here's some possible things that all they're saying is the injection site might have some swelling. So can you understand why some people would be skeptical and would say, you're warning us about, my Lord, Tylenol has a warning. Your stomach may bleed and it may cause, and if you have something or other, it may blah, blah, blah. Remember, ibuprofen and Tylenol, they, they, they got now where there's warnings. Used to, you just bought them and people ate them like candy. Like, oh, wait a minute. What do you mean I won't have a stomach here in five years? Right? So if you are vaccinated, don't judge the ones who aren't vaccinated because they're looking back like, wait a minute, the government said, well, wait a minute, that's all I need to hear the government said. And it can't be political. It can't be political. Because Trump is the one who introduced it, pushed it, and had it pushed through and approved and wanted it done. And he's told everybody everywhere he's gone a thousand times, I'm the guy, of course. <laughs> right? And now Biden's taking over what he's saying. Get the shot, get the shot, get the shot. So they're both saying the same thing. They're two different political guys that are both telling you the same thing. So if somebody's going, the government said, <laughs> then don't judge them. Now, this pandemic, I'm going to believe God. I'm still believing God. I, I told you, I'm speaking against it. I hate it. I don't want another person to get sick. I don't want another person to die. I don't want it at all. And I don't care who gets the credit, and I don't care how it comes about. I don't care. I just, I'm a person who doesn't like to see anybody suffer. And I don't like to see any family be hurt. I just don't like it. But I, so I'm believing that it will pass. But I, as I've been saying to you the last few weeks, this is not a faithless statement, but something's going to take its place. Either another pandemic or a war or some sign in the heavens or some tsunami or some incredible earth. Something's going to happen because we're in those days. Some of us are hoping it'll go away so we won't have any fear, but it'll be replaced by something else fearful. So that's why we have to deal with fear. Yes, yes, we have to come against fear. Right. Do like I read last time I was here in Psalms 34. I sought the Lord and he delivered me from all of my fears. Right. Now fears are not just stuff about, you know, uh, I mean, we, we know the chief fear is death or, or, you know, like really serious things like death and, and, and sickness and disease. And those are serious things that, that can make us afraid. But it could just be fear in general. Because the devil will put fear in you about you're never going to make it. Right. You will right. never, right. you're never going to make that level. You're never going to get enough money. Nobody's ever going to love you. Your family's never going to settle down. And see, there's other kinds of fear. So we need to understand this fear thing will just, it'll just creep in everywhere. You've been divorced. Nobody wants you. Ha, ha, ha. Your life will never be the same. You're damaged goods. You'll never have the life you thought. You're never going to ascend to the top. You're never going to make rank. You're never going to get to where you should be. And that goes on and on and on and on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that's where you have to say, no, I sought the Lord with all my heart. And he has delivered me from all of my fears. All of my fears. I say, what the Bible says. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I'm blessed when I go in and I'm blessed when I go out. Wherever I put my foot, I have the entitlement to get it in Jesus' name. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against me to judge me, he will condemn. 
My righteousness is of the Lord. Praise God. Every enemy is going to splatter when they come against me. I'll never beg for bread. I'll never be without. I'll live out all of my days on this earth. All of my family's getting saved. All of my loved ones are coming to Jesus. I am not going to die shriveled up and alone and afraid and sick. I am not going out that way. I'm going out on top, on God's timing, not the world's timing, not the devil's timing, not the government's timing. That's what I'm doing. That's my declaration. That's what I say to fear. Can you shout amen? Come on, give God praise. Hallelujah. Give him praise. Hallelujah. Give him praise. Hallelujah. We're in the days. Listen, while everybody else is going, oh, 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 these days, just remember there's another part of this where he said, when the world gets darker, the church gets brighter. And he said the glory of the church in the latter days will be greater than that of the former days. Amen. This is our time. This is when we shine. This is when we shine. This is our time. This is our moment to exercise our faith, to stand calmly and confidently in our God and proclaim no weapon formed against me. No sickness or disease. Anything gets through, I'm going to recover. I'm going to gain back. I'm going all the way. Amen. 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 Courage attracts people. Now, in the beginning, they might get frustrated because you're not afraid like them. But when, when they get really afraid, they'll call you and go, tell me how in the world you do this. You've been listening to the Outreach.fm podcast with your host, Pastor William Luffman. We hope you've gotten some inspiration from this show. We enjoyed bringing it to you. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, reach out online. Find our website at faithoutreach.org. The streaming platform is livestreamchurch.com. Get an inspirational shot at a doseofhope.com. You've been listening to Outreach.fm. And remember, no matter what the weather may seem like in your life, the sun's going to shine again.